0: Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin.
1: Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022, franchise tag is open season. So feel free to slap some tags on some players, guys, if you so choose to do something like that. Happy day after 22222 two, 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 two day for those who decided to celebrate that with a quarterback on a radio show, which we'll get into in just a minute. This is the Pick Six Podcast live in the Game On Wisconsin studios. Thank you, everyone who listens every single week. It's almost March. This is my last podcast in the month of February. So that is incredibly exciting to at least maybe feel like spring is on the horizon. But then when I kick it to my guest here, you guys are going to feel a hell of a lot warmer wherever it is you're listening. Hello, everyone. I am Jacob Westendorf, your host. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. I am joined tonight by someone who is from a country that is not real. And he may be referred to throughout this podcast as an A or a hoser or anything that's not going to get me in trouble with the FCC. Ryan Bowman, one of our people here at Game On Wisconsin. Ryan, you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Bowman underscore PWW. Ryan, how cold did you say it was going to be tonight?
0: Uh, tonight here in the beautiful landscape of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, it is going to be minus fifty Celsius with the wind chill overnight, which means basically under thirty seconds you'll have severe frostbite if you go outside. So, you know, feel warm, bundle up, people. It's uh, it's pretty brutal over here.
1: God bless America and definitely not Canada. <laughs> if it's going to be fifty below, if it's going to be fifty below anywhere, God is not there. So that is that. Is I the agree.
0: Word. I agree. He he left this land a long time ago. It it is a blasted, cold
1: wasteland over up in here. But we're a hardy folk, man. We can uh, we can deal with it. They would. You are the type of people that would get frostbite and tell the cold thank you or apologize for being in its way, and that's why you got. We, frostbite. we would
0: say sorry for impeding its
1: freezing cold wind. That's correct. One thing I appreciate about Ryan is he takes all of those jokes in stride like a true Canadian would. But welcome, first of all, to the show. Ryan, I want to start at the top here and get into just a little bit kind of inspired by Andy Herman. And I know Matt Ramage is doing some stuff like this. But I've done some stuff on this show as well. Just uh, who you are, how you got into—you know—it was Packers Worldwide initially, and then you kind of joined forces with us over here. So, kind of how all that started, and and what it is you do uh, on our end. Yeah, no, that's
0: appreciate you having me on. It's been it's been a minute since I've been able to jump on and do a recording uh, for Game on Wisconsin. So, appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, you, you kind of touched on it. Uh, I think a couple years ago, right right around when the pandemic was starting. Uh, a couple of folks, uh, Matt Frelick, Ryan Schoberg, Kieran Sprecker, and myself uh, decided to launch a website and and you know just do do a lot of the same stuff that uh, so many great contributors in the Packers blogosphere are doing. Um, you know I've been a diehard Packers fan since the early 90s. Um, I'm dating myself a little bit there, but that's okay. Um, you know and and I've always kind of watched uh, from afar in terms of the blogosphere, you know, joined Twitter many years ago just kind of was a silent observer of of the cesspool that is there but at some point brilliant you know, on
1: your part by the way mike yeah no that was probably
0: a, a good decision uh, that i that i immediately regretted uh turning that around but now it's been fun like just just watching all the the content out there and and knowing that i had a voice and and things that i wanted to share it was just something i wanted to get involved in more more of a labor of love so we launched a website and I think shortly after, you know, you and 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 I started chatting about what opportunities we had for collaboration and synergy there. And it just kind of evolved from that initial site that that we started and, and kind of evolved into some joint projects that we did over the off season. And then, you know, here I am, a, a full blown member of the game on Wisconsin crew.
1: Yeah, you and Matt Fralick, I think, joined within about two and a half weeks of each other. So that was a, <laughs> a nice uh, addition to the team. And and Ryan helps us uh, behind the scenes. And obviously last year you were able to do uh, the greatest of their era show, GOAT, G-O-T-E for short, with Mark Beach. And that was – if you guys haven't seen that, go back. You've got some spare time now. Aaron Rodgers isn't making a decision anytime soon. There's no football <laughs> on TV. The NBA is not running because of the All-Star break. It's a fucking barren wasteland right now as far as sports go. Go back on our YouTube channel and find GOAT, G-O-T-E, greatest of their era. It's Ryan. It's Mark Beach going over Mark's book. And Ryan, just kind of tell me a little bit about like what the basis of that show was and how you guys ran with everything over that six week period. Yeah,
0: it, it's kind of a a crazy story like that just evolved very, very quickly. I I just every offseason, you know, you kind of mentioned it. There's nothing going on. People have nothing of value to talk about. So we get into these off season like, who's the greatest of all time conversations. And I remember seeing Mark Beach and I had already read his book, was a big fan of the book and his, his Twitter weigh-ins on, on the historical significance of certain Packers things. And, you know, he, he had made a comment about, you know, what, why are we, why are we so defined to say like one person has to be the greatest of all time, especially when we're, talking about vastly different games uh, from era to era. So, you know, I kind of reached out to him and said, "You know, I've got this idea. I'm not sure exactly what it's going to formulate into, but I really want to talk about the greatest players of their era and and emphasize it doesn't have to be a Bart Starr is better than Brett Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers or vice versa. Like each of those players within the era that they played were greats in their own right and you can make an argument that they're all the greatest of all of of their eras so that's really where we wanted to go with it as a starting point and and really just talk about the players but as Mark and I kind of dived into this we're like we we can't tell the significance of the players and how they relate to the team without telling the story of the team as well and and that's where we really got into a lot of the nitty gritty really really cool historical details about the green bay packers how they were formulated why they're structured the way that they are just some significant events and timelines and places along along the path of the green bay packers like super illustrious history so a totally agree yeah gotta go out and check out that series now is the best time to do it and you gotta go pick up a copy of uh mark beach's book the people's team we we basically dove into it in a much detail as we could in a podcast slash uh, video stream, but there's so much in there for, for anybody that's wanting to kind of get an understanding of uh, the history of the Green Bay Packers behind the scenes.
1: There is, and it was a lot of fun to go back through. You get through the nitty-gritty, like you mentioned, of even some teams like at the formulation, Johnny Blood McNally, Cecil Isbell, Arnie Herber, like some of these guys that played you know, back when Ryan was just a child. You know, There were some guys <laughs> that he watched growing up. Um, I'm going from there, but uh, you mentioned Mark Beach and I do also remember Beach mentioning that he talked about this book on Chris Russo's show Mad Dog and anybody who's listened to me I always talk about like my influences as a content creator and my top 2 you know there there are other guys obviously writers videographers podcasters etc but my two it's Adam Shine and it's Chris Russo those are my top 2 so I'm just curious and a question I've kind of considered with some others is Who are some of your influencers? Who are some people that you really liked reading, listening to whatever um, that made you want to kind of start doing some stuff like this?
0: Yeah. So I've already kind of touched on Mark Beach, uh, Cliff Christie, the the historian for the Green Bay Packers, big one for me. Um, You know, I, I got introduced to like the the blog of the Packers through Vic Ketchman. Uh, You know, that was one of the first people that I, that I kind of, online started following around and, and getting their perspective. I know Vic is a very old school dude, but I always appreciated his uh, his mailbox and ask Vicks and uh, you know other guys like Cheesehead TV, Aaron Nagler, Wes Hodkowitz was one that I always love to follow along at the Green Bay Press Gazette. Um, you know and then a, a big part of it was just really seeing that there's a lot of really smart Packers fans out there that that know it. Ton. You don't. You don't have to be a Tom Silverstein or a or an Aaron Nagler to to know what you're doing. Like there is a ton of talent out there that just kind of motivated me to you know step out of my silent observer space on Twitter and and kind of get into the mix and just see what kind of connections I could make, friendships I could make. You know, it could have come. Couldn't have come at a better time. I mean we launched and started getting involved in that right when the pandemic starts. So I mm-hmm. basically had nowhere to go and nothing to do. And I had a lot of extra time. So it uh, just kind of evolved from more of a, Hey, let's see what we can do with this into, this is something I really enjoy. And, and I feel like, you know, with the team that you were able to assemble, at Game on Wisconsin, just so much, so much great things to talk about on a daily basis.
1: That there is. And the team has never had a dull moment. It feels like since then, <laughs> our, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's been incredible to follow. It's been incredible to watch, and I do appreciate how often you said out and about throughout the the short ten minutes that we've been talking on the show. And and Perfect. when it comes to breaking your Twitter silence, that also has led to some pretty incredible Twitter beefs that you've gotten into. And I, I really <laughs> uh, I really do appreciate. Those as well, but we won't get to I, too I do far uh, into the detail I, there.
0: I do kind of break from the mold of the polite Canadian. If you irritate me on Twitter, that that I can
1: assure you, I'm not I'm not a nice Canadian when that happens. Maybe that's why I find it as funny as I do. Who knows? I'll have to next time you're in a beef, I'll have to follow along closely and figure out if that is, in fact, the reason. Uh, The reason you all are here is probably to hear us talk about the Packers. So that's enough about Ryan Bowman and me bloviating (laughs) about nothing. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers on Monday night breaks the internet, posts what some thought was a cryptic Instagram post. And we're looking into, oh, he posted a picture of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, and he's not in the middle. And does that mean he's retiring? And But then he also said current teammates. And just, I said this morning, My first tweet was like, the uh, one thing I'm not going to do is I am not going to analyze every single word from Aaron Favre. And that is what I am referring to him (laughs) as for now. And now I say this understanding it's not the same Brett Favre retired. Aaron Rodgers has not, but the thirst for attention and knowing how things are going to work when people say, Oh, he just posted on his Instagram. It's not his fault that, you guys take everything and look at it a certain way. It's like, well, he also talks about the climate we live in all the time. And Aaron's very self-aware and very aware of what's going on in terms of just the way society operates. So he knew that was one of the side effects of him posting a story or a uh, Instagram, whatever the hell they call them. I don't use Instagram. So like, but he goes through that and Comes on McAfee and everybody's like, all right, here we go. He's making a decision. We're going to find out, is he asking for a trade? Is he going to retire? Is he going to say, nope, I'm staying in Green Bay? And he says within about the first three minutes of the interview, there will be no news today, which was a major buzzkill, which I will give Aaron credit for this because I did. I turned it off. Uh, I ended up going back and watching it later because I had to do it for this show and the purposes of everything like that. But (laughs) I was irritated to the point of like, man, Forget this, like turn it off, go to something else. I'm not a big listener of McAfee's show, anyways. So it wasn't too much off of me to miss anything like that. But I did appreciate him at least saying at the front, because the worst thing that would have been is if they went through all this stuff about his his cleanse and vomit and diarrhea and everything else that comes with it, and and then talking about his MVP level and Matt LaFleur and his personal relationship with Chalene Woodley and, and all that stuff to get at the end. And for McAfee to basically say at the end, okay, Aaron, what are you doing? And for him to say, Oh, I haven't made my decision yet. Like, okay. Uh, so we wasted an hour on that. He
0: He helped out all of the, you know, listeners that were just tuning in to get the bombshell, like heads up, no bombshell. And, you know, going, going back to what you said, like, a lot of people are saying it either has to be Aaron Rodgers just posting about his gratitude or a veiled post. Like, both can actually be true. Like, Aaron Rodgers could have legitimately posted all of that stuff on Instagram out of pure gratitude while simultaneously knowing the impact and the news cycle that it would create. So both of those things I I feel like can be true. And, you know, I don't feel like the timing of that post was a coincidence uh, relative to his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty smart, calculated guy, says what he wants to say when he wants to say it, knows, especially after this season, how his words are going to be construed and or magnified given the, the venue to do that. So, yeah, I mean, did people read into it and try and assign crazy meanings to every little detail? They sure did. Should we be surprised that they did? <laughs> Hell no. no. Like, I mean, like that's, that that's, that's to be expected at this point. That's, that's probably the least volatile thing that Aaron Rogers has said to create a new cycle this year. So, you know, I think, I think it's mostly genuine gratitude that he's posting while, you know, probably slightly enjoying a little bit of the, uh, of the activity that the post creates. So. Um, Yeah, it was it was an interesting conversation on on the McAfee show. I I catch it every once in a while. I'm not a lifer. I have to have to tune into it every day. I do find myself tuning in on Tuesdays just to maybe hear what the next week of insanity is going to be. But um, yeah, no, no big news drops there. But I think you could read between the lines on on a few pieces that might give you a glimmer of, of what's to come.
1: My first question for you is, will you or have you ever tried karma?
0: I have not. Uh, <laughs> not, not intentionally, anyways. Like, Have I ever ingested uh, too much terrible food and or liquor and or a combination of the both, which have induced similar circumstances as to what it sounds like Aaron Rodgers went through? Maybe. That, that might have happened, but uh, not intentionally. No.
1: Yeah, How my you? understanding, is, no, I have not. Uh, my understanding is um, that's what happens when you eat too much Taco Bell. So yeah, that's, uh, but that's on the end. So for anybody who's wondering real quick, uh, per, uh, well, Andy Herman, an MN researcher, the cleanse is three days of G-H-E-E. I'm going to call it ghee therapy, where you consume that until you evacuate at both ends. One day of therapeutic vomiting, one day of laxative therapy, three days of herb drops in your nose, many days of enemas and then yoga and meditation throughout. So, no, I have not done that uh, other than, like I said, maybe eating too much Taco Bell. But that's not why they came here. Uh, we were talking about the football stuff, and he did say a few things. I thought his comments on Tom Clements were noteworthy, where he was basically beaming about this dude, and his comments about Devontae Adams saying, I don't think he wants the franchise tag, and then kind of running uh, with that for a while. But what were your main takeaways from Rogers' uh, appearance without the bombshell?
0: Yeah. So a couple of things that he hasn't made a decision yet. And, you know, I think, again, that decision is something that involves multiple parties. It's not just Aaron Rodgers. There's the Green Bay Packers side of that decision, what they're willing to do. But they they haven't come to terms on whatever that step forward is yet. Uh, you you touched on it. He mentioned the franchise tag for 17 not being an ideal scenario for the Packers or Devontae Adams, like the like the mutual uh, step four would likely be a long-term deal. So, you know, that was that was nothing I don't think anybody already understood in terms of the salary cap implications. But I, I did get the sense that he suggested, you know, Devontae's fate with the Packers is part of his decision uh, to remain with the Packers or not. So it, it, there, there was some comments in there that kind of insinuated those two things are tied together at the hip in in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, and a Rogers extension would certainly make a Devante extension and not the franchise tag much, much easier, uh, overall. So, you know, that, that was something that stood out. And then, you know, just the relationship piece. I know I, I don't like to get into people's personal relationships. I don't really care who's dating who, but it did, it did seem like, uh, you know, he was in a good place with, uh, with his personal life, despite some of the reports out there, which is great. Like I, you just want the guy to be genuinely happy, um, whatever that looks like. And he's happy. He's happy. You know, I know there's a lot of, I'm going to call it stupidity out there about Aaron Rogers performance when he's single versus in a relationship. And I just think that's a whole lot of nonsense that people shouldn't oh, you don't have on. to beat around the bush
1: that is stupid and it is yeah. absolutely inaccurate because now right. if you look at it three of the four of his most valuable player awards are when he was in a committed relationship so That's i'm right. not saying those things have a correlation at all
0: but i don't think they do. say they
1: don't three of the four he was with a significant other for that in the entirety of that season including the last two years where he was a back-to-back league MVP. I think the point you make about Adams is because that's how much time I'm willing to spend <laughs> on Aaron Rodgers' personal. <laughs> fair, there fair. You go. I'm with you. I think I'm. I think the point you make on Adams is appropriate. I do think that their fates are tied from the standpoint of the Packers aren't keeping Rodgers and letting Adams go. There's not a chance in the world that's going to happen. And if no. anybody says, "Well, that's the smart move." You're wrong because if you think it's smart to keep Rodgers, then by extension, you think it's smart to keep Adams because those two are a package deal. Now, Could Adams stay in Green Bay with a trade of Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Should he? Probably not, if that is, in fact, going to be the case. But I do think – I've said this a bunch, Ryan, and I wrote this for my If I Were Goody series uh, that we're having here on Game On. on, It comes out on Saturday. And I wrote the day after uh, the Packers lost the 49ers, I would trade Aaron Rodgers and kind of pull that plug and start over. But I also think that discourse is – Pointless because the Packers very clearly do not want to trade him, and Aaron Rodgers may force them to do so. But it really sounds to me like he wants to be back, and I think right now he's deciding between retirement and coming back to Green Bay as well. But you disagree on the retirement portion of things, so run into that a little bit before we move yeah. on to the Adams. Piece.
0: Yeah, and and just quick quickly on the Devonte Adams thing, like I I think. If you aren't bringing Aaron Rodgers back as the Green Bay Packers, you have to seriously ask yourself if you want to also bring Devonte Adams back because you are going to be rebuilding. You're probably not contending for a Super Bowl uh, with Jordan Love or whoever else at the quarterback position this year, you know. And with Devonte Adams, you know, being on a finite timeline, as as amazing as he is, I think you have to at least ask yourself the question whether or not you would, you know rebuild from scratch at that wide receiver core position but moving on from that um you know i think I do disagree that it's down to the two options of retirement or come back to the Packers. Because when I listen to Aaron Rodgers and everything that he says, despite the interpretations of his Instagram post, he does not sound like somebody that's retiring. He sounds like somebody that says he's passionate about football, that he knows he can still play. And that's always been one of his number one things, which is, I don't want to be a bum out there. I don't want to retire in a way that I'm not at the top of my game. Uh, which he clearly still is as the league's most valuable player. And so to me, retirement's actually probably completely off the table. Based, That's just my opinion based on his tone, his body language, some of the things that he's said, and knowing uh, what he wants to achieve in his career. He's got a lot on the table in front of him in terms of being only the second player to potentially win five MVPs. He could potentially win another one next year and get three consecutive in a row, which is something that only Brett Favre has done. He wants to get that second ring, uh, we can get out of the uh, one ring club, as we call it. So I, I just think there's too much on the table for Aaron Rodgers, and he's at the top of his game, to just, to just straight up walk away. I think it's actually down between what the Packers are going to do to go all in again. And if that's not uh, a realistic option based on their salary cap, based on the deals that they can offer Devante and himself, uh, that that a trade is still absolutely on the table. I don't think it's likely. I agree with you that Aaron Rodgers sounds like he wants to be back. I I 100% believe the Packers want him back. There's no no question there. Um, But it all depends on what the 2022 Packers are going to look like under the current salary cap constraints. And if that's not equal to an all-in scenario that Aaron Rodgers and maybe Devontae Adams feel they got a real shot to to run it back and, and get to the Super Bowl, then a trade could
1: absolutely still be on the table, It, in my opinion. So the idea is that Rodgers will make a decision before March 8th. That is the deadline to slap the franchise tag On a player, most assume that will be Devontae Adams, if that is, in fact, who the Packers decide to use it on between now and then. Before March 8th, what is Aaron Rodgers' decision? Three words or less. Three-year extension. There you go, extension. So back in Green Bay, I also believe that Aaron Rodgers will be back in Green Bay when it is all said and done. Feel the same way about Devontae Adams. That being said, Tom Silverstein of the Green Bay Press-Gazette reports today that there has been no discussions since the offseason started between Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. To me, not a big deal. Um, I know people are making like, a, oh, my God, are they going to let him walk thing? Or what, you know, how is that going to work or whatever? I don't think that's that's the case. I just deadline spur action is what Andrew Brand always says. And you can look at countless examples. Aaron Jones that was after the franchise tag deadline. I don't think the Packers are going to let the tag deadline come and go without the tag being on Adams in that case. And they'll work out an extension from there. If that is in fact, what's going to happen, but Aaron Jones, Sam Shields, Brian Balaga, there's so Randall Cobb. There's so many examples of guys that have gotten their deals done close or after the deadline. And I remember last year, the gnashing of teeth after the Packers didn't use the franchise tag on Jones after Guttekun said it was a possibility and then everyone was like, oh, my God, they're letting him walk. And then two days later, he had a new deal. So I don't think this is a big deal at all. I think that obviously there's the big quarterback domino to fall because are the Packers going to commit upwards of 27 to $30 million to a receiver if the MVP is not playing quarterback and they're going with a rookie in essence? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's the wisest thing to do, but it doesn't seem like that is going to be the case. That being said, is this even a big deal? Is this even – well, obviously it's worth talking about. We're talking about it, but is this worth worrying about? I, I you know, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, you know, I think you
0: nailed it in saying that we can use this out the franchise tag as a mechanism to buy more time. Like I don't actually envision a scenario where Devonte Adams plays on the franchise tag with the 20 million guaranteed salary cap hit that comes with it. Like, That's actually worse for the Packers. So if they don't have a deal in place with Devontae Adams by March 8th, I think you said, which, I mean, there's still two weeks. A ton can happen in between now and March 8th. So if they don't have uh, a deal in place in principle, by that time, I fully would expect them to use the franchise tag, not to, again, have Devontae Adams play under the tag, uh, but to just buy more time for them to get that extension through. And again it makes it a whole lot easier if you know what kind of salaries cap space you're working with, if you can extend Aaron Rodgers, So I, I actually think it's probably more likely that that domino drops first and then
1: quickly Devonte Adams would be a fast fall. Yeah, we'll get to this here in a little bit, but the Packers basically have two plans. They know what they're doing. It's either, Hey, Aaron's coming back and this is what we're doing, or Aaron has to be traded or retired. And this is what we're doing. Based on that, one of the guys who maybe hangs in the balance on that is Devondre Campbell. And Devondre Campbell caused a bit of a stir in Green Bay on Sunday night where he posted on his Instagram page. This wasn't a sourced report, this wasn't anything that you could maybe deem was fake news. Devondre Campbell said he was in Green Bay, he took a picture of Lambeau Field. Now, tinfoil hat theory me is saying, I know the reports are saying the deal's not done yet but he didn't come to Green Bay to negotiate. You can do that over Zoom. There's no point in my opinion, at least. Maybe I'm wrong, but I am of the belief that that is something that is pretty much agreed to in principle and will be finalized once Aaron Rodgers decides what he's doing. And it sounds to me, at least based on that, like Devondre Campbell is part of the Packers' plans regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But We don't know. I just know he was in Green Bay and it caused a giant stir. And then everybody stayed up till midnight because of a theoretical (laughs) voiding deadline. And then when it didn't happen, everyone freaked out. So in essence, no deal, but I am of the belief there will be one. Is there going to be one? And what do you make of Instagram gate from Sunday night? instagram gate so i i think devondre every campbell, controversy is something with gate after it some, i don't some know some kind you're of gate thing that. That, okay yes. you know
0: i think i think way up here in the igloos of canada we have heard that that moniker before so. Watergate. yeah you might have heard of that one yes yeah. so a crook yes we're we're very familiar <laughs> we probably know more about american history than you do canadian than i do so yeah that, <laughs> that, that i can assure you um <laughs> we actually we actually do um so devondre campbell like did he go there with the intention of signing and may have already signed a deal to get it before that midnight deadline or 3 p.m. Standard Time, um, you know, the day after? I, I think there's a couple of different reports about when those contracts actually void. Um, probably, to your point, he's not flying all the way to Green Bay to negotiate. They, they probably have something in principle or very close to an agreement to come in and sign. If they didn't do that by the deadline where the contract void kicks in, it's not a hard deadline. We're talking about $800,000 worth of salary cap savings for Devondre Campbell on that void. So it, it isn't like a Kevin King deadline. I, I think them not actually renegotiating a contract with Kevin King is more indicative of whether he's going to be back because they could have saved roughly $3 million on the salary cap where it's more like pocket change with Devondre Campbell, which absolutely can be factored in down the road through a signing bonus, proration, whatever you want to do there. Russ Ball is a freaking wizard. So I'm not worried about the $800,000 on that void. I don't think it was ever a hard deadline that they had to get that done prior. I agree with you. I fully expect that Devondre Campbell should and will be in their plans on a go forward. It's been so long. It's been so long, Jacob, since we had a linebacker that looks like Drake Campbell out there. I don't know if I can go backwards again. I, I don't know if my heart could could go back to watching a Blake Martinez or a Jake Ryan lumber around in the middle of the field. Not No, no shot against those guys. They did the best job they could do, but Devondre Campbell's a, a different man in this defense, and I, I just think the Packers have to bring him back.
1: Yeah. And all pro. And I know the thoughts on positional value and all that stuff. My other theory is you have a good player. You keep the good player. And Devondre Campbell is certainly a good player. You mentioned the cap stuff and here's the fun part guys. Cause let's get to it. Let's get philosophical. Shall yeah. we? Here's my thing. I, I posted a thread the other day, kind of talking about my philosophy when it comes to the off season. And this is just how I would do things. And I'm not a general manager. I would never pretend to be one. I just know, a little more maybe than your basic fan, because I spend way too much time doing some stuff like this. And that's why I assume you guys are listening to this podcast. Here's the beef that I have with Twitter. And this is going to come across potentially to some of you like a shot across the bow at select individuals. And that is not what this is. I am friends with Ken Ingalls. I am friends with Andy Herman. I am friends with people, Zach Cruz, people like that, that talk about the salary cap. Here's the problem I have. We pitch things and maybe it's not communicated poorly. And I know 240 characters or whatever the hell the limit we decided was before the show. Ryan was for Twitter is hard to do, but these things are pitched as facts. And like, this is what is going to happen. And last year, and it's not just these guys, it's not, let me get that qualifier out right now. It is not just these people but it was pitched as Preston Smith is not coming back. Aaron Jones is not coming back. Corey Lindsley is not coming back. This player might get cut for Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry. There was a list of guys and guess what? All of I them except Corey. every player the Packers wanted to bring back, they brought back and they added. Devondre Campbell was added to that team that they wanted to bring back. That's the beef I have, is when these things are pitched as facts. And not only that, here's the other reality. Russ Ball is employed by this team 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 or 66 days out of a year, depending on how many days there are any. The leap year is the dumbest thing in the world, by the way. 365 days of the year. Why do the Packers employ that guy if he doesn't have Infinitely more knowledge about this salary cap puzzle than some idiot like me could. And the idea that this is just math, and yes, it is, but it's not addition and subtraction, which I can do because if it's just addition and subtraction, packers, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, take one-third of Rust Ball's salary and I will work for it. I'm good at it. Hey, one tenth, I'll, I'll I'll do tenths. hell. Yeah, I don't I even, know even know what the world. hell Russ Ball makes, Yeah, but I'll and, yeah. And
0: and there's a difference between, so the salary cap is really just, it's a payroll, right? It's payroll. It's a record keeping mechanism so that you can understand how much you're paying your people. There's so many ways that you can manipulate the salary cap to sign whoever you want, but there, you always have to pay the piper one way or the other. And there's the record keeping and the basic math part about that. Yes. But with, doing the simple math, all the math does is present you with choices, right? You can sign this guy, this guy, and this guy, but you have to let this guy, this guy, this guy go. Basic math doesn't tell you which is the right one to do. And basic math isn't on the chopping block from a multi-million dollar job by making the wrong decision. So I think there's a lot more that factors into it you know, Russ Ball isn't just responsible for the player salary cap. He's also working with Mark Murphy on the actual incoming revenue that Lambeau Field generates, that Titletown generates, like all of that factors into what the Green Bay Packers are actually functionally able to play, pay players and still remain profitable. So there's a lot more that goes into it rather than just crunching the numbers. And anybody can log on to over the or spot track or go to Ken Engels web, you know, and see where the Packers are at and what they could potentially do. But the decisions behind that are multi year impactful decisions. The Green Bay Packers already know what kind of scenarios they're going to be in from a salary cap perspective. Three to five years down the in road
1: in 2027. Yes, that's right.
0: that's right. They're not. They're not. You know, turning their eye to the salary cap like the most of us casual fans are after the Super Bowl or when we get bounced in the divisional round. Yes, I know that still hurts, but um it, it, it's Facts something that you even, not care about
1: your feelings. Right. There, they don't.
0: They don't. Like they're just. They're just not doing this ad hoc every single year. This is is being run like a multi-billion dollar business that it is where you're always working three to five years ahead. That's the facts. So it isn't just simple math. There are some ways that you can use simple math to calculate what the variables will be and could be, but there's a lot of decision-making power
1: and variables outside of football operations that go into that. Certainly. And the other thing that I do want to add in too is when people say, Oh, I don't want them to sign this player because it means they could lose Jair Alexander or Elton Jenkins or Rashawn Gary. They know all that. And they know these dudes are studs. They know Jair Alexander is the best corner in football. You mean to tell me that you really think they're going to let paying Devondre Campbell get in the way of signing the best corner in football? signing the best offensive lineman potentially in football. When is the last time the Packers have had a dude like that on their team that we all know was a stud? And don't lie to me and tell me that you knew Micah Hyde was a stud. And don't lie to me and tell me that you knew Casey Hayward was a stud because you
0: didn't. Well, I would would argue – I would probably argue with you a little bit on the Micah Hyde thing. I wouldn't argue – like Casey Hayward – Dude had blown hamstrings there was there it was the right it was the right move to actually let him walk and kudos to Casey Hayward for getting healthy and balling the hell out over in San Diego now Los Angeles Micah Hyde I I would make an argument is the picture the poster boy of draft and develop and resign. And that was a missed opportunity for the Packers. And there's lots of theories of what led to that happening, whether that was a rest ball thing or a Ted Thompson thing. You know, c- quickly, I'd like to say, I think, I think a lot of the salary cap predictions that we've seen over the last couple of years may have actually held true in the old regime. Like yep. there's a lot of people that looked at the way that Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf did things for so many years. And that's where they're forming. Hey, this is the Packers way. But I, I think there's a new sheriff in town and he's been in town for three years now and has at least started to create a data set that shows while he does hold true to a lot of that Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson ideology. uh, He strays from that line quite a bit. I mean, the, the Packers were close to as close to the max at the salary cap that I've seen them in my time as a, as a fan of football, Uh, They made additions and and concessions and things like that that I haven't seen them make. They've made more trades. Like Brian Gutekunst is his own guy and clearly will stray from the, no, we'll we'll let these guys walk on a third contract or a second contract and just fill them in with a rookie. That that doesn't seem to be the case anymore.
1: And there is a, if you just want to go to the draft, and I'll get to that here in just a minute, Mm. but if you look at the draft, Brian Gutekunst has made an exception with the Packers quote unquote thresholds every single year, starting with the first draft pick he ever made. Jire Alexander was too short to be picked by Ron Wolf and he's the best corner in football. They make exceptions. So they make exceptions as they feel necessary on things like that. The Packers are really smart. And if my advice to you as a fan is don't wring your hands over the salary cap, they're not going to lose a star. Now maybe could it cost them a player like Rasul Douglas or somebody like that? Certainly. But Jair, Elton, my son, Rashawn Gary, none of those guys are going to be anywhere but Green Bay, Wisconsin three years from now. There's not a chance in hell. I don't care what happens with this Rogers and Adams extension. And yes, there is truth to the theory that there is always money in the banana stand. At some point that bill comes due. I understand that. But they'll be able to figure out a way and the Packers have figured out this way years in advance, like Ryan said, and they know now what their plans are going to look like if Rogers is staying and what that contract's going to look like, or if he's not staying and they're going to, hopefully he's getting traded and the Packers are getting a boatload of picks that way. <laughs> the last topic I want to get to on the night. Uh, I won't call it an argument, but we got in a bit of a scuffle. Let's say uh, I, when talking about my philosophy, when it comes to the off season, the first thing I'll tell you guys is any opinion I give you guys on this podcast about the draft is my own. It's a player that I have watched a player that I have studied, a player that I have taken some notes on, and a player that I have quote unquote graded. Now I don't do full fledged. This is a first round top 10 prospect. I don't do things like that. I just kind of tell you what I like and what I don't like and where guys fall and where guys get picked and stuff like, I mean, there's the obvious ones, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau and guys like that are going to get picked in the first five picks. But after that, I can tell you who I think should be picked higher than some others but I don't like to do the whole list of top 30, top 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 players, because then it almost feels like you're sliding a guy. And I don't like doing that. But as I talked about all that, that was one of my philosophies. Opinions are my own. It's guys I've watched. And if you tell me like, for example, I say Aiden Hutchinson is better than Kayvon Thibodeau. Well, Matt Miller says, and I'm just using Matt as an example, Matt Miller says this cool. I don't care. That's not going to influence my opinion on something like that. Matt's really smart. He's great. He's been on this show, not this show, but another one of the shows that I've done before. He's awesome. Good for him. But there's no point in me watching all these players if I'm just going to give way to the big guys. I can just read their big boards and say, oh, I like that guy. Oh, I like this guy. And move from there. And that's why, like, for example, Jordan Love. I didn't like Jordan Love coming into the draft. And I've seen nothing to change that opinion. And I could send you guys the article. I did it. a It was a Packers draft day guide, And it was players that I said, if they pick this guy, it's an A pick. Here's a B pick. And here's a C pick position by position. And an A pick, for example, in that draft would have been if Joe Burrow had a gas mask on before the draft and nobody wanted to draft him. So Green Bay did. That would be an A. Jordan Love I had as a C, which means I wouldn't have picked him until day two or three. Didn't like him. Still don't. That's why I worry a little bit about the people that are just kind of saying like, well, oh, we've got Jordan Love. Let's see what this kid can do. No, thank you. And I know I said I would trade Aaron Rodgers, but that doesn't have anything to do with how I feel about Jordan Love, so to speak. I, I really do think that I, there's a I lot would of just things offer
0: that a lot of people didn't like Aaron Rodgers in year two. Go go back and watch Aaron Rodgers year year two tape. It is pretty awful. So It is, and that um, is fair.
1: And I am more than able to be wrong. I loved Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson too, stunk. Man. A lot of people. I, do.
0: I, there, there is not a bigger Josh. You, you can go back to my my Packers worldwide boys, and they got so annoyed with how often I was pounding the table for Josh Jackson. Still, still to this day, I feel like if he would have got a fair shake in Joe Barry's like zone and and like actually came up in that system as opposed to. Pettin system, I think uh, I think he probably would have had a better chance of being successful. It seems like they always were trying to pound a a square peg into a round hole with with Josh Jackson.
1: Yeah, and it makes me sad, and that's okay. But the other point that I made that got a (laughs) little bit of uh, brushback, and it wasn't just from Ryan. There were a couple other people that I talked some draft with from time to time. Is all I said was Brian Gudikons does not know what Ras' relative athletic score is. Now. I'm going to explain this because Ryan, I think we figured out before the show that we were basically saying the same thing. Does Brian Gutekunst like athletes? Yes. I think that's a given. Does he like the freakiest of freak athletes? Yes. I think that has been proven true over the last three years, or at least you can start to see a trend in the three years that he's been drafting for the Packers. Does Brian Gutekunst go to Kent Lee Platt's website and look up this person's score before he decides which player he's picking? No. He doesn't. No. And he does no idea what that thing is. And I think I distinctly remember this. and I'm going to have to ask Ross if this actually happened or if I just made this up in my head. But Ross asked him a question once at the combine, Ross Uglum Pecker report, and said like, hey, this player's relative athletic score. And then he was like, I'm sure you don't know what that is. And Gutekunst was just kind of like, no, like not really. But what goes back in my head is I remember when Theo Epstein got hired by the Chicago Cubs. And somebody asked him some questions from some stuff. They clearly had looked up on fan graphs and we have so much access to information and it's great. But they were like, Hey, what do you think of this number, this number and this number? And Theo was basically like, we have our own ways of looking at things. It's like, okay. So <laughs> they, the Packers have a million things. And is there a correlation of what they do? That's really close to what Kent Platts side is. Yes. But in terms of the actual number, not a chance in hell, no chance that Brian Guttekun. Yeah. That is.
0: and, and, like, does Brian is Brian Gutekunst completely ignorant of the existence of RAS and RAS and its use in, in public forums? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't think that actually matters. I think it's where where you're going to use RAS in that flow. So as you stated, Brian Gudekunst isn't using RAS to determine which players he wants to pick. Brian Gutekunst and the Packers have their own advanced analytics that will outline which players, Players meet their thresholds, which have the attributes athletically that they covet. And there is a lot of correlation between their methodology, and some of the things that RAS emphasizes. So if you're looking at it from a fan perspective or somebody outside of 1265 Lombardi, RAS can absolutely give you insight into what players may or may not be on Brian Gutekun's board. I think I I was looking at this and uh, up until last year's draft, 85% of Gutekun's draft picks scored an 8.0 or higher. And I think Uh, That that equated to 22 players or 25 players of his draft picks. And of of those 25, I think like 21 of them scored actually nine or higher. So he really, to your point, loves those athletes and clearly has a way of capturing that athleticism that there is some correlation to what Kentley Platt has put together with his relative athletic score. But is he using that as a mechanism to pick his players? Of course not. Uh, you know he's they, they've got they've got guys that that you know have been putting their heads into advanced analytics for years and years. Is there going to be correlation? Obviously, um, I think where you and I differ is like your point is that Brian Gutekunst has no idea. What RAS is. And and I would even say the fact that he's been asked about RAS would at least put the possibility that he was like, hey, what, you know, what, if what he has RAS? been, I you would know.
1: have to I would have to I have to clarify if he has and I will have to ask uh, next time I talk to Ross on right. Monday for right. Day, but I will check on that.
0: Well, he's, listen, he's going to be uh, media availability tomorrow. So Shit, I forgot about if, that. Yeah, Goody's talking Rod tomorrow. Zudlem or, or one of your boys is going to be in that press conference with, with a badge or, or with access to Brian Kudekas. Credential so me, Packers, I'll ask. Just be like, do you effing know what RAS is? And if you do, can you please confirm that you will not draft a player if their RAS isn't 9.1 or higher?
1: There you go. All right. So I will ask that question as soon as they credential me. The other point that I would like to make (laughs) is when someone, when I say I like this player and someone comes at me and says his RAS is this Goody won't draft him. I'm saying, get out of here. First of all. And number two, I really don't care. Like you're asking me what my opinions are on this player. I'm giving my opinions on this player on my Twitter timeline. I'm not discussing whether Brian Gutekunst would draft this player or not. And second of all, That's like right. we just kind of touched on Ryan before the show last year, there were only three of those players that met that threshold that you were talking about. Josh Myers and Amari Rogers were two of their top 100 picks and they didn't. Eric Stokes obviously did. Yeah. But and I think Myers was like
0: too. Myers was an incomplete. I think I don't think he had a, a, a score calculated based on his performance. For some reason, I, I'd have to look into why. But yeah, it was it was Stokes. Eric Stokes, Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannon all over that eight threshold. Stokes was just a freak at 9.37. And I don't think that surprises anybody. I think Bren- Brennan is a, a fellow RAS doubter, uh that 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 I found myself uh, up against you two in that conversation. Brennan really doesn't care. Like really no, I know doesn't it. care. I know. It <laughs> I know he doesn't. doesn't. I but but one one of the things that you know was that, that he put out there was that. You know, like Gutekunst doesn't care about it either, but he clearly loves athletes and you don't need to go to Kent Lee Platt's website to see that a player is a really good athlete. The tape is always the source of truth. And I will never argue that. Right. Our RAS and other equivalent metrics are just things there to flag. Certain items that you may want to look into. So, if you only have X amount of time to watch X amount of players and you got a list of 50 guys and 40 of them don't meet whatever your threshold is, whether that be RAS or some internal metric that the Green Bay Packers have created, they may use that to say, okay, Brian, go and watch the, you know, or, or area scout, go and watch the film on these 10 guys and don't worry about these guys that we don't think uh, are going to be a fit based on what we'd like. But again, if you look at Last year's draft, Amari Rogers, a guy that they coveted and said they had to move up. And it was about the player and they were considering drafting him in the second round. At the same time, they drafted Josh Myers was a 5.37, like nowhere near their thresholds for height, weight or relative athletic score. So take it with a grain of salt. Anybody that's coming in and saying because RAS or any other equivalent metric, Brian Gutekunst won't draft them. Well, you can, you can summarily dismiss that argument because you need to look no further than last year's draft to disprove that.
1: Nerds. There we go. That's the end. Nerds. Of my, of my, <laughs> damn the nerds. God uh, damn it. He's Ryan Bowman. I'm Jacob Wester. If you could follow him on Twitter at Ryan Bowman underscore P W W W will be here all off season long next week. I am joined by the co-host of the for cheddar or worst podcast on Acme packing company, Wendy Hansen. Hopefully, talking about a collective bargaining agreement on the baseball side of things. For those of you that are Major League Baseball fans, still in a lockout. Hopefully, that is something that comes to an end here very quickly. But that is who I will be with next week. I will have Andy Herman on my show the following week and then the guests after that to be determined. But I am here all offseason. Be ready to talk with you guys. Talk some draft. Talk some free agency talk some off season, everything like that. Ryan, where can we find you and what are you going to talk about besides how fricking cold it is in Canada?
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Bowman underscore P W W. Again, uh, go to the game on Wisconsin YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. Check out the goat. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things that I've been able to do in the in the Packers blogosphere. Um, what I, I like to talk about anything and everything Green Bay Packers. So you might you might catch me on some podcasts. You might catch me on some live streams. Uh, all through Game on Wisconsin.
1: There you go. You'll find him there. You'll find me here next week. Can't wait to see you guys. Enjoy the night and remember, it's about the people. Go pack.